Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hi, Fox River. My name is Laura Sandretti. Uh, I am your guest speaker for Mother's Day weekend. I have been married for almost 28 years, and I have three children. Uh, My oldest daughter is... uh, 22. She is a just about to graduate um, from Whitewater. Uh, my son is 20, and he is um, studying poli sci and theology at Marquette. And my baby uh, will be a senior next year. And so um, that's just a little bit about me. And I'm super happy to be here this weekend. When uh, Ashlyn called me prior to COVID to ask me if I would uh, want to speak today, I was praying and thinking about a topic, and I almost immediately thought about disappointment. Um, I, I have had, over my course of being a mom for 22 years, I have had several disappointing Mother's Days. Um, and I love that topic because I thought that really moms could relate, but I also love that topic because I think we could all relate, and, and I thought about that prior to COVID, and now I know that we can definitely all relate. Uh, children can relate to being disappointed. And the, I've been watching little parades go by in my neighborhood because kids are missing birthday parties. Um, I've watched my own children miss um, certain things at school, and their friends who are seniors miss lasts. And especially as adults, uh, we are disappointed by being isolated. We are disappointed. Some of us have lost jobs. Um, We're disappointed in just having to live in this new world that's very fear-filled. And beyond this pandemic, obviously, we still have disappointments. We have disappointments in relationships. We have um, disappointments with our health failing, with our bodies aging, with, with losing loved ones, disappointments all around us. And so, You know, I think it's easy to say Happy Mother's Day and and it's easy to be happy when everything's going good, but how do we deal with things when they're not going good? How how do we face disappointment? Um, The book of Ruth in the Bible introduces us to a family who has had its share of disappointments. it's a story about a family who is in Bethlehem, actually, uh, well before Jesus' time, obviously. And in Bethlehem, there's a famine. And so um, there's a man and his wife named Naomi who decide to take their two sons and move to Moabite. They leave everything that's familiar to them. They leave their friends. They leave uh, everyone in Bethlehem, worshipped the same God that they did. They left all of that. That's disappointing in and of itself. But what happened to them was once they got to Moab, the husband died. And so Naomi is left with her two sons, who eventually do get married, but within 10 years, her sons also pass away. And so the story of Ruth finds this broken woman, Naomi, who has nothing but these two daughter-in-laws. And she begins to try to figure out How do I survive? How do I thrive in disappointment? And that's where the story takes off. 
Usually the book of Ruth um, is centered on Ruth, who is this loyal and faithful daughter-in-law who stays with Naomi, uh, even though it would be better for her to leave. But I thought today um, on this Mother's Day weekend that it would be great for us to look at Naomi because Naomi really has a lot to teach us about how do we handle disappointment? How do we deal with things when things are hard? And so that's what we're going to center on uh, during our time together. Will you pray with me? Father God, I just thank you for this time. Um, I thank you for all the moms who are watching. I thank you for um, all the women who are watching who maybe want to be moms and aren't moms. I thank you for every dad, every grandparent, every teenager watching, Lord, who knows intimately what it's like to be disappointed, and especially in this season with COVID, Lord. And I just, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is living and active, God, and that you meet us in it. And so I just pray for this time. I pray you to open our eyes and open our hearts and that you would just remove any distraction, God, that you would just show us whatever we can learn from Naomi and how to handle disappointment and where you are in the midst of that. And we just thank you for this time. And we ask all this in your son's name. Amen. So what can we learn from Naomi about how to handle disappointment? How do we deal with disappointment? I think there's three things. First of all, we need to orient ourselves to others. Orient ourselves to others. When Naomi, um, when her sons die, she tries to convince both of her daughter-in-laws to go back to their homeland. Um, and she says in Ruth 1, 12 through 13, return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Later, when they returned to Bethlehem, when she and Naomi um, head back to Bethlehem where the famine's been lifted and where they're hoping to find some kind of life, just the two of them, she says in Ruth 1, 20 through 21, as her friends greet her, Upon her return, she says, don't call me Naomi. She said, call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune on me. The name Naomi means pleasantness, and the name Mara means bitterness. And so early in this account, Naomi recognizes that like, this is, this is more than a disappointment to her. She's lost hope. She, she's bitter. She's angry at the Lord. And additionally, she's lost her identity. Widows in ancient times really had no social standing. They really were like the outcasts of society. They were like homeless, um, homeless people are today. And she, she really is totally dependent on the society at large economically. She's dependent on others for everything. And so she's hopeless and she's bitter. But despite this, what does Naomi do? She orients herself, herself to others. She orients herself back into community, back into Bethlehem. And she orients herself to Ruth and taking care of and providing for this daughter-in-law of hers. I think it's interesting that one of the ways she orients to um, others is that she does return to her family and friends. Um, when I am faced with disappointment, my instinct is to isolate. It's not to go out and to be with people, it's to withdraw. And so 
Naomi does the opposite. She returns to community, and then she also wants to help Ruth. She's helping Ruth to find food. She's ensuring that where Ruth is picking up um, scraps of, of the harvest back in Bethlehem, that where she's doing that, she's safe. She's taking care of her. And then later, once Ruth um, is picking in these fields and she comes across a relative named Boaz. If you're not familiar with this story, um, Boaz was a relative of Naomi's deceased husband. And once um, Naomi realizes that Ruth has found herself in this field of this relative, Ruth says to her, my daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Why is it important when we face disappointment to orient ourselves to others? Like, why is that significant? Um, I think a couple things. I think for one thing, it removes the focus off of us. You know, I tend to have a, a pity party when I'm in disappointment, and I think when we orient ourselves to others like Naomi did to Ruth, um, it, it helps us to take the focus off of how bad things are for us. And it really helps to also reframe our disappointment, doesn't it? Um, and I also believe that when we're able to orient to others, it can bless us, but it also can bless others, and it can help give us purpose. Um, my mother-in-law is 80 years old, and she, has, she lives alone. And so this has been six or eight or 100 weeks, however long we've been in um, <laughs> quarantine, of being alone and being isolated. And I was worrying about her, but we talked... Um, just on over the weekend. And one of the things that she's done is she's made hundreds, I think, of masks and taken them up to freighter. And so she, and she said, I said, it's so amazing that you're doing that. She's using her own money to buy fabric and she's taking time and sewing and then she drives and drops these off um, at freighter. And she said, you know what, it gives me purpose. When we orient ourselves to the needs of others and when we orient to others, um, it helps us deal with disappointment. What else can we learn from Naomi about how to handle disappointment? I think besides orienting ourselves to others, another thing that um, Naomi does is she pays attention to her provider. She pays attention to her provider. She looks around at where God was at work, and then in that she joins him. She, she concentrates her efforts where she sees her provider at work. And most importantly, she looks where God is at work, and that's where she puts her faith. That's where she puts her hope. Um, after her husband and sons die, uh, Naomi finds out that the Lord has lifted this famine in Bethlehem. She acknowledges that God is providing food back in their hometown, and so she goes there and takes Ruth there. Um, later, she advises Ruth to remain in the fields where Boaz is, is, has found favor um, over them. And, and she recognizes that God is providing this and protecting um, both Ruth and Naomi. And when Naomi realizes that Boaz has found favor with Ruth, that he is providing for her, that he is taking care of her, she sends Ruth to Boaz to secure Ruth's future. How do we do this? How do we pay attention to our provider? Um, again, it's easy to pay attention to our provider when things are going well. It's a lot harder to do that when we're in the throes of hurt and when we're in the throes of disappointment. But I think that one of the things that we can do and one of the things that Naomi models for us is we need to look for glimpses. 
We need to look for glimpses of where is God at work. You know, I always want this big, overt, loud, clear trumpet from heaven to, to, you know, to hear God and to find out where he's at work. But generally, God works in subtle and small ways. He works in the mundane. Um, I remember when my daughter was um, about 16 years old, my oldest daughter, we started to really butt heads. Um, it was really hard for my daughter to be in the same room as me <laughs> at any given time, it seemed. And I remember that being such a disappointing time in um, my life and in my mothering. You know, uh, we pour into our kids and we kind of like dread the teenage years and worry what they're gonna be like, but we hope, we hold out hope that they're gonna be awesome. And then when they're not, um, it, it's disappointing and it's painful. I, I just remember I would be in church and whenever the worship music would start for about a year and a half when she and I were butting heads, I just remember just my eyes filling up with tears and feeling so broken and so hurt by that. And um, one day I was up in her room. Um, I didn't go to her room often, mostly because for those of you who have teenagers, you know that you have to pick your battles. And so cleaning her bedroom was not a battle I was going to pick. Um, there were too many other important battles to pick, and so I just opted not to go in her room and see what was there. Um, but one day I had to go into her room for some reason, and as I was combing my way through the mess, I looked up on her uh, bathroom mirror, and I saw some Bible verses written on post-it notes. And in that, I had this glimpse that God was still at work. Even though my daughter was angry at me and we weren't getting along well, in the disappointment, I saw this glimpse, and, and I knew that I could set my faith there. I knew that God was reminding me, you know what? I'm still at work. Things don't look good, but I'm still at work. And so we need to pay attention to our provider. But again, we need to do that just by looking at those little glimpses. What else? What else can we learn from Naomi about how we can um, handle, how do we face, how do we deal with uh, disappointment? The third thing that I think we can learn from Naomi is to have confidence in what's to come have confidence in what's to come. Boaz, this relative of Naomi's deceased husband, um, he wasn't just a relative, he was called a kinsman redeemer or a guardian redeemer. And a kinsman redeemer in that time had the legal obligation to protect and to provide um, for a relative who was in serious difficulty. And so Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. He, he gave Ruth and Naomi immediate protection. He gave them immediate food. Um, he eventually even married Ruth and, and gave Ruth and Naomi children and land and security and hope and really the identity that they, they had lost. But that wasn't it. That wasn't all that this kinsman redeemer provided for them. When Ruth and Boaz got married, they had a baby, and his name was Obed. And Obed was eventually the father of Jesse. And Jesse was eventually the father of David. And Edmund Clowney um, has, a, has an interesting summary um, about this passage of Ruth. He says, the purpose of God's mercy towards Ruth and Naomi that leads to David also leads beyond David. His promise to David points to David's greater son, Jesus. 
The greatest provision and redemption that God provided for Naomi was in what was to come. Um, and even those who uh, Naomi oriented herself to, even the community, even her friends, her, her girlfriends, they knew this. You look in um, Ruth 4.14. It says, The women said to Naomi after the birth of Obed, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he be fa become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Naomi's greatest confidence and joy in her disappointment was really the hope not only that was found in Obed, but would eventually be all of our kinsmen redeemers, right? It was Christ. How do we do this? I mean, it's easy. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this laying in bed last night. And it's easy to go, you know what? Just have confidence in what's to come. <laughs> just good luck. You know, how do we do that? How do we really come to this place where we can rest in and put our hope in um, the, really the future and what's distant? It's great to have our daily needs taken care of, but how do we, how do we put our hope in what's distant? How do we put our hope in, in Christ and really find our confidence in that? I think one of the ways that Naomi models this is we need to take care. We need to take care. It says in Ruth 4, 16, then Naomi took the child and laid him in her lap and cared for him. Naomi's hope was in this child. This child was going to be her kinsman redeemer, her provider, her redemption. And so surely she was going to do everything she could to take care of him. He was the center of her universe. What is the center of your universe? Is it the greater son, Jesus Christ? If you're not sure, you know, we can look back at our week and get a pretty quick glimpse into what the center of our universe is, right? Like, where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our money? Um, where did we take care? What were we paying attention to? Where were we spending time, money, energy? Several years ago, um, my daughter had a medical emergency, and out of that, um, I entered into a very disappointing season. And my disappointment um, really was in my faith in Christ. I, I came out of that season really doubting um, if it really even mattered, if prayer mattered. I remember praying for my daughter over and over and over again um, during that season. And nothing seemed to happen. Nothing seemed to change. I didn't seem to have um, a lot of uh, return on my investment, if you will. And for five years, I began to take care in knowing the greater son, in knowing who Jesus was, in, in making him the center of my universe. But I didn't take care in, in learning about him, like in a nice, good, Jesus-y way. I, I was kind of like this angry teenager, <laughs> this entitled, sassy, um, disillusioned, disillusioned teenager. But I wanted to know. I wanted to find out. Um, and so I started to read the Bible to understand things that I thought I had always believed, but I really started to doubt all of a sudden. 
And I began to pray and ask God, you know what, if you're who you say you are, will you just show me your love? Not like in a way where I'm like, hmm, was that Jesus' love or was that something I ate last night? Like I wanted this really strong, clear evidence that God loved me. Like I wanted to feel it. And I started asking him, you know what, show me that. I wanted to know, I wanted to take care to know the greater son because I was disappointed in thinking that maybe Christ wasn't who he said he was. And as I began to take care of knowing and making Jesus the center of my universe, instead of just going through the motions, after five years, five years I did this, he slowly began to show me his love made manifest on the cross in a, in a real way, in a tangible way, in a way that met me where I was in my life, in my relationships, in everything that was going on. He became my kinsman redeemer, not only in the daily, but in the distant. And in that, I began to want to orient myself to others. And in that, I began to want to pay attention to my provider. And in that, I began to have, slowly, I began to have more confidence in what was to come, not just what was right in front of me. What are you taking care of today? Who is at the center? What is at the center of your universe? Where are you pinning all of your hope and your disappointments? If it's Jesus, your disappointments will truly be less disappointing. Your confidence will not rest so much in a cure for COVID or in a happy Mother's Day um, or, or in a better job. They will lie in the confidence that your kinsman redeemer will provide everything that you need now and for eternity. You pray with me. Father God, I just thank you that um, you are not afraid of hard questions. When, when we are in a disappointing place, God, uh, that's when doubt creeps in. That's when we wonder, are you who you say you are? Does it matter if we follow you? Does prayer work? All of those hard things start to creep up when we're in a place of disappointment, God. And I just thank you. I thank you for your word that shows us people like Naomi who just orient themselves to others, who pay attention to where you're at work, God, and join you in that, and who have their confidence ultimately not in the here and now. They truly have their confidence in what's to come. They've met you, they've, they've done the wrestling, they've done the struggling, and they've asked the hard questions, God, and in that you've met them. And I just thank you that you meet us, even if it takes five years or 15 years or longer. God, help us to take care. Help us to make you the center of our universe, to take time with you, to care for you, to pour our mental energies and, and um, just know that you're worth everything that we can bring. And I just thank you that you meet us in that. I pray for every mom, God, today. I pray that they would have a wonderful um, Mother's Day and, and that even if it's somewhat disappointing in the here and now, God, that they would know that they are loved. And for everyone else watching, Lord, I just pray, God, um, in the disappointment that COVID has, has thrust us all into, Lord, I just thank you that you are a greater hope. 
And I, I thank you that you sent your son to redeem and restore everything, uh, including COVID and more than that. So I just pray that each one would just find peace in that this morning. We love you and we thank you. And we ask all this in your son's name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.